0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Hallelujah. Well, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord, amen? Amen. A place of gathering, a place of nourishment, a place of blessing, a place of community and communion. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that Jesus gave birth to the church? Amen. And he said that on this rock, of revelation I'm gonna build my church amen. praise God and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. aren't you glad for that amen. you know what that tells us this morning we win yeah. Huh? Yeah. amen I'll tell you we win and, and it, you know I mean if you're gonna go into a battle and it, and uh, you're already pre- predisposed to know the end from the beginning and you're gonna win that's a good battle yeah. huh? and so thank God we win you're on the winner's side And it's all because of him and the richness that we have and the privilege we have uh, to be uh, within the company of our master. Amen. And not only that, but others of like precious faith. Now, if you don't like some folk in the body of Christ, uh, you need to get that straightened out. Because otherwise you'll end up in heaven in remedial school. You know, um, And you don't want to do that because you don't want people walking by, you know, down the hall, looking in the door and going, "Oh yeah, well, they didn't get it, so they're getting it now. Are you with me? Y'all glad to be here this morning? Glad you're here. Praise God. Thank God for each and every one of you. I know that uh, our lives are busy. Many people are probably going, you know, planning, involved in whatever, and graduations and stuff this time of the year. But you're here. And that's really great. We want to welcome all of you that are watching online. We're glad you're with us today. Praise God. Come join us. Be a part of the Live and In Color group. And I tell you what, you'll be blessed. And uh, But we're, we are glad that you're watching this morning. So anyway, did you all bring a Bible with you this morning? Yeah. Hallelujah. I didn't tell you to open it. I just asked if you had one. That's, that's all I was... I want to I wanna begin this morning. Uh, actually, if you want to... You can turn to Genesis chapter 8 and just hold, hold that there for a while. But I want to I work on a couple of things before we get there, okay? Genesis chapter 8. But I want to start, first of all, how many of you are familiar with the 23rd Psalm? Most of us, if you grew up in a May 9 denominational church, everybody knows the 23rd Psalm. But, but uh, what's, what's the first phrase in that psalm the lord is my shepherd say it again shepherd yeah the lord now there's there's a point to my doing this with you I want you to think about this a little bit because the psalmist has some insight that I want you to get and and he wasn't you know he just didn't make up these words this was something that come from his heart by inspiration of the spirit of god and he said the lord is my shepherd. Everybody say it. The Lord is my shepherd. Is my shepherd. Say it one more time. The Lord is my now, while you say it, think about what you're saying. Say it again. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, what's the next four words? Say it again. Okay. The Lord. Now, of course, you know, David, you know, he grew up in his father's home and things, and obviously he took care of uh, sheep and things of that nature and served as a shepherd and kept them protected and kept them out of trouble and made sure that they had places of nourishment for their food and things of this nature. So naturally he could use this analogy and it would be so real to him. But what he was, trying, what he was doing is he was taking that and he was applying it to his own life and he just said, the Lord is my shepherd and I will not want. I shall not want. I want to read it to you out of the New uh, Living Translation, and uh, uh, it's so wonderful because it says it this way. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. So, you know, if we really truly believe that the Lord is our shepherd, then we have all that we need. Why? Because he's our shepherd. He goes on then to say, again from the New Living He he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod, your staff, they protect And they comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil, and my cup overflows with blessing. Now, I don't know if you realize it or not, but this is you. Because if, in fact, the Lord Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, the Lord is your shepherd, and you don't have to want. Amen? Amen and all of the other things that are described within this psalm, it goes on to say, now, I love this. He said, surely, everybody say surely. Surely Surely your goodness, everybody say goodness. Yes. Yes. And mercy, or unfailing love in this translation, will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live or dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So if you're here this morning or maybe watching, you know, online or something like that, and you feel as though somehow or another the challenges, difficulties, the the problems, whatever it is that you may be experiencing within your life right now are somehow related to being uh, the fault of God, or somehow or another, He's not maybe doing what it is He needs to be doing. I mean, however, you process that, I just want you to know that nothing could be further from the truth. And the reason is, is because He's your shepherd. And as we just got done reading here, I have all that I need. Glory to God. And surely, goodness, everybody say goodness. Yes, and this one says, unfailing love or mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You know, it's like I said earlier, praise God, we win. We win. Even though we go through, you know, I think uh, in the New Living it said the darkest, how was it that it put that? It uh, It says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid because you're close beside me. You know, the shadow of death is often referred to uh, symbolically as living in the world. This is the shadow of death, you know, that we're in right now. And so he said, even though I, I walk through the shadow of death, I won't fear any evil. Why? Because you're with me. So whatever it is that you're facing or dealing with, thank God you're not alone. And all he needs is for you to be able to declare the Lord is my shepherd. Say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Hallelujah. And the reason I want to share that with you is, is because I want to encourage you, you know, to refer to this psalm in your life here this next week. You know, just take a few moments and, and, and read it aloud. Lord, I thank you that you are my shepherd and that I have no needs. And that you lead me beside these still waters, places where there's Peace. How many of you know God wants you to live in peace? And even though we, we live in a, a kind of a goofed up world, not kind of, a goofed up world, you know, uh, God's still God. Huh? He said that your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Isn't that? And protect me. You know, as a shepherd, you know, they use that rod. You know, if somebody was getting out of line, you know, they maybe got a little bit of a nudge or maybe they took the hook on there and, you know, pulled somebody back and things like that. How many of you know God loves you? He cares about you, wants the best for you. So it's imperative that as a human being, you get your theology straight about how it is that he wants the best for you. God does not cause tragedies to occur in people's lives to try to teach them something. We live in a fallen world. And we live in a world that because of disobedience, a curse is in this world. But insofar as the character and nature of God, he is good, always. James wrote about it in his epistle when he said, listen, brethren, don't make this mistake. Do not err. Because every good gift, everybody say good gift. And every perfect gift is from above. Huh? Comes down from the Father of lights. Or the stars and the heavens and all of that. As a matter of fact, there's a blood moon tonight. So if you go out, what, at 1030 or something like that? How many of you knew that? How many of you didn't know that? How many of you don't care? (laughs) Well, anyway, it's going to happen. But he is the father of lights. and And it goes on to explain, with whom there is no variableness. In other words, even though the stars and the heaven and everything will change, he doesn't. He's the same, and he is good. And and so it's important for you, again, to get your theology straightened out. God is a good God. You say, well, yeah, but okay, but how come? Well, (laughs) how long do you have? There are a lot of different reasons why people experience things within their lives. Some of the things that we happen, you know, that happen in people's lives is nothing more than chance. I mean, wrong place, wrong time. I mean, you know, I don't know. But the reality is, is that God is on our side. He's for us. He is our shepherd. Praise God. And he's going to take care of us. Now, why, is, why am I sharing this with you this morning? Because uh, <clears throat> you've seen the deterioration of so many things going on within our world uh, globally and, and not only that, but nationally, and the demise of things that uh, we've been experiencing and stuff. And, and uh, I just want you to know that none of this is a surprise to your Heavenly Father. Okay? You know, all this was going to happen. As a matter of fact, he wrote in this book, and he told us what was going to happen. So, hallelujah. He knows the end from the beginning. But but the, the, the reality is, is that as human beings, when things are... Uh, upset when things are, uh, when there's turmoil, it, it causes us to, uh, well, anxiety can ramp up. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And that's why I'm sharing this, this Psalm with you, because irregardless of what it is that's going on within our lives, he is yet still our shepherd and, and he will take care of us and he can and will cause us to flourish everybody say flourish in the midst of whatever it is that's going on as long as we keep our trust in him and it takes faith hallelujah I don't know what's you know what our future holds but I know who holds the future and I'm praise God one of his children so I'm going to look to him and I'm going to declare In the face of adversity, in the face of trouble, in the face of whatever it is that I'm going through, that the Lord is on my side, praise God, that he is my shepherd and that he will take care of me. Hallelujah. If I follow him, man, I'm in good shape. If you follow him, you're in good shape. But what you don't want to do is in the midst of the trouble, you don't want to cut and run. And you could see that happen. In these last days pretty easily. Because people don't have a good foundation underneath them. You know, and, and you know, when you're living your life on shaky, sandy ground, well, usually, typically, when the earthquakes and the winds and the rains and all that come, and the floods, uh, you get washed away. And as a pastor, I refuse, at least within the context of my ability, to let one person from this congregation be washed away. So I'll do everything I can to prepare you, to tell you the truth, to encourage and exhort your faith in God, and to believe Him for what it is that He said He would do for you if you would trust Him. Amen. So it's with that context that I share this with you this morning, and and I got way too many notes, okay? I can just tell you right now, we could be here till, well, till the blood moon, and maybe beyond that i don't know but i want to talk to you about the need to continue to practice the principles that you as a believer have been taught you know like for example to love to to give to so seed you know things of that nature because when all this stuff starts going on, you know, people tend to, because of fear, it, it, it's a, it, it causes everything to constrict. You, you know where I'm coming from? I mean, how many of you have noticed it costs a little more to buy gas now? You know, dude, when I go up there with my credit card and it goes to 125 and quits, and then i got to do it again in order to finish filling the tank? Listen, that's a little different than it used to be. Huh? I mean, you know what I'm talking about, you know? And so, but again, uh, with that kind of context, um, it's really important to know that God's for you and he's on your side. Uh? And so that's the reason why I'm sharing some of these things uh, with you. But, you know, the text that I had you to turn to in Genesis chapter um, 8, verse 22. How many of you believe the Bible? Okay. Well, the Bible says that as long as the earth remains... How many of you know this thing's still spinning around? Okay. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So as long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed time and harvest. So again, what happens is a lot of times because the things that are going on, people have a tendency to draw back and constrict, you know, what it is that's going on within their lives. And I don't want you to do that. I said, I don't want you to do that. You say, yeah, but I can't be foolish. You know, I mean, I, after all, these things are going on. You just talked about the gas thing and have you went to the grocery store lately and so on and so forth. Well, I understand that there may be some prudence that has to be exercised within our lives. But the last thing that you want to do is stop practicing what it is that God has told you to do. Yes. Yes. Well, let's see. One, two, three. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You want to continue To sow and to reap as he would have you to, because the law of uh, seed time and harvest is universal. And it works whether inflation is going crazy, whether there are ignorant people in places causing all kinds of problems that could be easily changed and eliminated. Huh? It still functions, and it's still something that you and I need to make sure that we continue to embrace. Hallelujah. So, you know, in this, uh, uh, this verse of Scripture that we looked at there in Genesis, as long as the earth is here, there's going to be seed time and harvest. And again, it is a divine law that God put in place on the second day when he was creating everything. I'll read to you here from Genesis chapter 1. God said, let the earth bring forth grass and the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind. Everything produces after its own kind. You sow seeds of love, you'll get love back. You say, well, yeah, no, I tried that once and it didn't work. They didn't love me back. Well, I didn't say that maybe they'd love you back, but praise God, when you sow the seeds of love, it's going to come back. Are you listening to me? And that's really what faith has to do with all of this is believing what he said. So when God got done with all of this and he said whose seed was in itself after his kind, he saw that it was good. So this function or this principle or this law that God put into place, he did it for you and me. So what do we need to do? We need to listen carefully to what it is he's telling us to do and do it. Huh? Amen. To keep loving even when people are unlovely. You know, the, the God of this world has ramped himself up in a major kind of way through people. And what they're sowing is hate. Are you listening to me? It's unbelievable. And yet, praise God, you and I don't have to be that way. So there are seeds in what we say. There are seeds in what we do. Are you listening to me? You know, people will say, well, why did this person's life turn out the way it did? Seeds. Now I don't know all the ins and outs. I'm not their judge, and you know all of that. I can't get into the weeds with you about you know all the specifics about it. But the reality is, is that our lives set a course based upon the seed that we sow. And you don't have to believe me, but maybe you want to listen to what he had to say about it because it's the truth. And again, I don't understand all the ins and outs of that. But, you know, when James, he asked this question, he says, does a, spring, uh, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Jesus, when he referred to it, he said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves." You will know them by their fruit, what they produce. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. And a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree can't bear good fruit. Every tree that doesn't bear good fruit, it gets cut down, thrown into the fire. Therefore, make sure you got a good tree bearing good fruit. No, that's not in there. Huh? He just said, by that you'll know, by their fruits, you will know them. Hallelujah. So here's the thing. You have to understand that the law exists whether you believe it or not. There are a lot of people who are like, I don't believe that. Well, okay. But I'm telling you it exists. And you can do the right things at the right time, and you will reap a harvest. You know, it will come to pass. And how many of you want to do that? So all I'm encouraging you to do this morning as we gather in the name of Jesus is to keep doing the right thing in the midst of all this nonsense that's going on. Because God's bigger than any problem you and I will ever face, and he's able to fix it. Hallelujah. Whether it be by many or by few. So it's important for us to understand that the law of seed time and harvest This principle is everywhere in the Bible. The writers recognize the powerful effect it can have upon people's lives. Now, I want you to turn with me to Galatians chapter 6, and let's look at something here the Apostle Paul wrote to the church there in Galatia, the sixth chapter of Galatians. Hallelujah. How many of you glad you came today? Glory to God. Notice what it says here in Galatians 6, and uh, uh, let's start with verse 6. It says, let him that's taught in the word, uh, uh, the King James used the word communicate. Um, um, New King James says, share, uh, could be said, let him that's taught in the word uh, uh, contribute to the sport of him that teaches us in all good things. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Do not. Be deceived. Don't come alongside somebody who says, Well, I don't believe that. You don't want to hang with that person because they are deceived. Listen to what it says. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Now people mock God. Man, I've been watching some of the stuff they've been saying on television lately, and I think, Oh, oh Lord. You know, my heart goes to them. Because of what it is that they're saying in their ignorance about the truth of God. Are you listening to me? It says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. In other words, you know, when you mock somebody, it's ridicule. You know, what's God know about it? All these Christians, you know, and all these whatever, whatever. And they've designated us as a group. We need to get rid of, they're all terrorists. I mean, I think to myself, you can't even make this stuff up. These people are nuts. You said, did you really say that? Yeah, absolutely. They have lost their minds. You know, they believe this stuff. So it goes on then to say, in this verse of Scripture, you know, God is not mocked. That means, again, to treat with contempt or to turn your nose up at them. Isn't that interesting? Or to sneer at. A lot of folk doing that right now. Not a good idea. Wrong kind of seed. So don't don't be deceived, people. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, what's the next word? That. That shall he also reap. Notice what it goes on to say. For he that sows to his flesh, and that's really what you see, the corruption that is going on within the world, the greed that you see, you know, people are just driven by and things of that nature. It's nothing more than than the flesh, the works of the flesh. And he that sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now, now, don't get all goofy on me, you know, and woo, about to sow into the Spirit. For you to simply, you know, act in love to someone is sowing to the Spirit. When they when when they come against you or whatever and you don't respond in like kind, but you, you respond in a loving kind of way, that is the Spirit of God. Are you with me? I'm glad that Jesus, you know, didn't... Uh, uh, turn his back on all of us. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. So it says here, you know, that um, he that sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He that sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Verse 9. And let us not be. So he's, he's kind of like changing. He, he says, and let me add one more thing to this. And let us not be weary in well-doing. So he's actually talking about, you know, how we're living our lives, whether what, what it is that we're sowing to, you know, if, if, if carnality is a thing that we're, you know, fueling, or if it's the Spirit of God and what it is that God wants to do. And then he goes on to say, and, and, and while I'm talking to you about this, let's not be weary in well-doing. Well, if you're doing well, you're doing well typically for others, isn't that Right? And sometimes, again, you know, you have a tendency, you know, if people are going to be mean and ornery, you just have a, a tendency to draw back and want to constrict. You know, but he says, let's not be weary. You know, you just become so wearisome. Oh, I'm just tired of loving people, man. I just want to go, you know, more around people, the more I love my dog or whatever, you know. But let's not be weary and well-doing. Why? For we will reap. Everybody say reap. 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 In due season, if we don't faint. So if you've got a neighbor that's a little bit, you know, people are, you know, they're, they're so mad, but they don't, I mean, they don't even know sometimes what they're mad about. And man, I tell you what, your love, the love of God can cut through that, man, and give you an audience to speak into their lives and say, dude, what are you so angry about? You know, you're listening to me. So we'll reap in due season if we faint not, and therefore, as we have opportunity, let's do good to everyone, especially to those that are of the household of faith. Amen? Does that sound like a good plan? Huh? Amen. We're talking about sowing and reaping. Amen? So here's a good question for you. What kind of seed have you been sowing, baby? Don't answer that. Just think about it. What kind of seed have you been sowing? What kind of seed have you sown in your conduct? You know, the Bible says the wicked man does deceptive work, but he who sows righteousness will have a sure reward. How about in your conversation, the things that you say? In Proverbs 16, 28, it says a perverse man sows strife and a whisper separates the best of friends. In Proverbs 22, 8, it says he who sows iniquity will reap sorrow and the rod his, uh, uh, and the rod of his anger will fail. Another one says, a false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among the brethren. And these are the one of seven things that the Lord hates. You don't very often see in the scriptures where it says God hates. But I tell you what, dude, he did not like people talking ugly and sowing discord and dissent among the brethren. Are you listening to me? So it's important, praise God, for us sometimes. But anyway, what kind of seed you've been sowing in your life, in your relationship, in your marriage? You know, are they seeds of love and kindness, or you've been a little arnery yourself? Again, probably don't answer that. Yeah. Not right now, publicly. How about what kind of seeds are you sowing in your work? You know? Well, yeah, nobody wants to work. Well, we're, we're all aware of that, okay? But what about you? What are you going to do? I, I look at it this way. If nobody wants to work, there's all kinds of opportunity. Right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. That didn't go over so big over here. I said, you know, if nobody else wants to work, there's opportunity. Amen. Huh? Yep. We could do some things, praise God, to really make a difference, to prosper, to be blessed. Why? Because there's a need. And all we have to do is be willing to fill it, and God will cause our the, the work of our hands to be blessed. So again, what kind of seed have we been sowing again in our work, and our service to others? And then, you know, when it comes to our resources, uh, the, the economics of our uh, 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 life, um, this, you guys, is so important right now. Because I, I really believe that there is opportunity if... You will behave yourself wisely. I understand inflation. And this thing is impacting people, you know, in a significant kind of way. And that's why I'm communicating this message with you this morning is because I want you to be able to see the path that God is leading you in and walk in it and practice it and do it and see to it that he blesses you wherever you are are you with me? And But now, of course, guess what? This is going to take some faith. We're going to have to do what it is that God says so that the blessing of God can, can be in our lives. And so there, there's this heavenly way of doing life, a heavenly way of doing life and of doing things that now, I know this is going to be a stretch for you, but the reality is there's a heavenly way of doing life that is unaffected by the economy of this world. You say, well, you don't live in the world I do. Yeah, I do. I'm just looking at it a little differently. huh? Sometimes, you know, we just, we need to, <clears throat> our thought patterns need to Change. My wife and I were just talking about this, and I've shared it before. I grew up in a home where we just didn't have very much. The, you know, porches and doors and everything else was falling down around us. and I mean, you could, <laughs> you could step up on our porch, you know, and you could use it for a spring deal because all of the floor joists were rotten and shot, you know, and I mean, it was a mess. And we didn't have very much. You know, we'd go in, you know, and, and Mom, you know, whatever it is that she had, it, it was in the cabinet. Well, I started dating Joan. And they had a, a, and I'm talking to you about a different mindset, a different mentality, okay? And so when I when I started dating her, one time for whatever reason, uh, there was some occasion where we ended up in the basement, and in their basement, and not to mention the fact they had a brick house that actually stood up straight, you know what I'm saying? And so we go down in the basement, and we we walk into a room, not a little cupboard. A room and in this room from the floor to the ceiling all the way around it there were all kinds of canned goods and stuff that had been put up and boxes of this and but bo- not just one box four boxes and I mean and and I'm not kidding you I walked in there and I, I couldn't hardly believe it I thought to myself I've never seen anything like this before in my life. And for them, when I say them, I'm talking about her family or folks. They never thought anything about it. This is the way they lived. They needed provision. You know, her mother was feeding, you know, a hired man and maybe some others. You know that they were hiring different things. And so she's she's cooking them breakfast, supper, and 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 dinner. I mean, and then they had, you know, they give, you know, have to make lunch and take that out. I mean, they worked. And so they needed to have all of this stuff on hand in order to be able to do it. But I'd never seen anything like that in my life. And I thought to myself, man, this is a different way of living. And for many of you, it's the same kind of thing. You know, you've been, you know, in this tunnel for so long and this narrow kind of thing that when, when you start gi- giving consideration to the, 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 I mean, the overreaching abundance of the God that you serve, I mean, it's like, really? And I'm saying, yep. You know, because God is more than enough. But we have to believe, well, no, I'm just looking at what I got right here and I'm trying to figure out. You know, praise God, there is a divine supply that God will give to you if you'll just trust him and believe him. You say, well, how does that work? I don't know, you got to figure that out yourself. But there are streams of income that God can give to you. You know, it's not just about being a, I mean, obviously you need to be a good steward, but sometimes you need more. You know? And so there needs to be another supply. And, and I'm not saying, you know, well, you've you got to work through this yourself. Sometimes we do need to work harder. Sometimes we need to work smarter. Huh? And, and I don't know what that looks like in your life, but I'm just telling you, you know, you can ask the Lord. He'll probably tell you. Lord, how can I work smarter? Well, he says, well, if you want to work smarter, you're going to have to work harder now so you can work smarter later. Well, I don't want to do that. You know, everybody's, I mean, a 40-hour week is nothing. That's right. Thanks for your enthusiasm. You got people now, they don't want to work 40 hours a week. They want a vacation. They want a whatever, whatever, whatever. But you know, there are people that are out there that are working 60 hours a week or 70 or 80 or whatever. Some of them are working two jobs. You say, my God, don't even keep talking. I don't want to listen to it. Well, what do you want in life? You know? I know all kinds of gals, you know, they, they ended up in a bad situation. Maybe they were married, the guy was a loser, and he takes off, and there they are sitting there. What are they going to do? You know, mom and dad, they can only do about so much. Maybe mom and dad even aren't even in the picture, so what do they do? They roll up their sleeves, and they go to a community college, and they start taking classes, and they learn some kind of a vocation, and they get after it. Are you listening to me? There's opportunity For everyone, if you're willing. I believe that with all my heart. Hallelujah. I'm not really sure how to take your countenance right now. But I'm just going to go with it and say, eh, it's okay. Praise the Lord. The Lord is my what? I shall not what? Amen. Amen. Well, you know, and some people, they'll mistakenly, you know, they'll take that and twist it and say, well, you said the Lord's my shepherd and I shall not want, so God, bring it on. And while you do what? Nothing? Guess what, Bubba? (laughs) You're in for a surprise. You ain't going to get nothing either. Are you with me? All right, well, let's, let's move on. Hallelujah. So, I want you to change the way you think. When I seen that pantry, I thought... This is what I'm talking about. I'm in this line. Now, I wasn't a believer then, but I tell you what, I finally got it figured out that, that, you know, you can have more than, you know, one box of Oreos in your pantry. Yeah. Or sardines. How many of you like sardines on a soda cracker? You don't even want to talk about, well, John's in. Okay. My wife, she goes in the other room. She doesn't even want to smell them. You're going to do what? Oh, yeah, honey, these are awesome. Amen. So I got more than one can. I know one of my friends, he carries a can in his pickup just for a snack. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Some of you people, you eat strange things. You know, you eat weeds and you know, you, eat that, you drink that green stuff, you know, and oh, yeah, that's so good for you. Yeah, I would like to gag you with a spoon. I mean, come on. And you're talking about my sardines? Give me a break. All right. Well, anyway, let's move on. Some of the stuff that I'm talking to you about, you guys, is it's, it's I, I, I've been work, looking for a word for it. I want to use the word counterintuitive, but I don't know that that's the right word. But, but what I'm talking to you about is counterintuitive to the world's way of thinking. They don't think this way. But God doesn't want you to think their way. He wants you to think his way. Like again, for example, Jesus before his uh, uh, suffering and going to the cross, He, he was there with his disciples. He says, I want to give you a new commandment. New in the sense that I want you to love as I have loved you unconditionally. In a gracious kind of way. Now that to the world is, it, it don't fly. Mm-hmm. But that's the way to win in life if you want to win. Would you agree? Yes. Huh? He said, by this shall all men know if you're my disciples, if you have love one, one toward another. Hallelujah. Jesus made this statement. He said, you've heard it's been said that you'll love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. That'll give you a little bit of exercise to work on. Huh? Bless them that curse you. Ow! Is that your normal response? Now, come on, be honest. If somebody starts cussing you out, listen, lots of things start percolating, don't they? But it says, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. That's not normal. Would you agree? But it is the winner's way, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. In Luke, when he was writing about this, he said, but love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. To give to someone without any pretense or agenda and say, here, I just want you to have this. We were out having dinner last night with a couple in the church and and. um after we had gotten done eating, we hadn't talked for a long time, so we were sitting at this table. Well, you know, these, these um, um, waitresses, you know, they get paid by their tables, you know, and this. But, so we're there quite a while. Matter of fact, we were there quite, quite a while. And so finally, um, the other person said, uh, let's get some cheesecake and coffee. So she comes back, can we get this? And so we did that, and, you know, we got done. And I'm thinking to myself, and I think it was like 17 bucks or something, and, and I said, I got this. Well, I realized that we had her table tied up for a long time. And so when she got done, you know, serving us and giving us the bill and everything like that, um, I left her a significant tip. Why? because she had been so good to us, she never said a word to us or anything like that, and she was so very helpful and kept everything going, did a good job. So she got well over 100% tip on that deal. It was really good for her. Hallelujah. You know? Why did I share that? What was I talking about? Huh? You remember? Love your enemies. enemies. She wasn't my enemy, but, you know, that works. Okay, great. You know? (laughs) Um, Oh, it's talking just about pretense. You know, God loves people that are generous. God wants you to be generous. I'm not saying foolish. I'm saying generous. Are you listening to me? You know, and because you can be a huge blessing. There was another time that we uh, rode motorcycles up to Missouri Valley and went in this little, you know, greasy spoon place, you know, where we we're eating. There was two other guys with me and um, and we got done eating and and um, I paid the bill. OK, I just said, I got this, you know, and so I paid for the breakfast. And uh, uh, these guys, you know, they felt like that they wanted to pay for it. But this waitress. She was telling us a little bit about her story and different things like that. And, dude, she was just trying to, you know, survive, make a living, whatever. And so I watched these two guys take two dollars bills and set them on the table for her when we were done. She got a pretty good tip for, you know, feeding somebody breakfast. And, and what is that? It's generosity. Are you listening to me? It's just being generous to someone, you know, where you can be a blessing. How many of you want to be a blessing? So, as, and, and again, these, this is all relative. I mean, I'm not, you know, obviously some of us can do better than others or whatever the case might be, but I don't think that's the point. I think it's the condition of our heart and the desire that we have to be a blessing to someone. I encourage you, be generous. These years as we're, as, as we're moving into uh, his return. Can you do that for me? Hallelujah. And, and obviously, this takes faith for us to be able to do this. But let me read this again here in uh, Luke. <clears throat> it says, um, well, "Let's jump in here. Well, I'll start all over. Belove your enemies, and do good, lend, hoping nothing again, and your reward will be great, and you shall be called the children of the highest. For he is kind to the unthankful and to the evil." Uh, be ye therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you won't be ju- uh, con- uh, judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. Now notice this for with the same measure that you use, huh? It shall be measured to you again. Don't be so stingy that you squeak when you walk. There are people like that. I mean, you know, when it comes to money in their hand, it's like a vice. And don't be like that, man. Now, again, I'm not telling you to be foolish. But, you know, if, if, if you think that money is the thing that's going to ca- cause you to survive, you say, well, it sure does help. That might be right. And again, I'm, I'm not discounting stewardship. huh? I'm not talking about that or being foolish. But I think sometimes, praise God, people, you know, they need to get into a divine flow of being generous and being a giver. Give and it shall be given unto you. Isn't that right? How many of you, want, how many of you have a need in your life? You know, if you have a need, sow a seed. Amen. Look for places where you can be a blessing to other people. How many of you still glad you came? We're doing all right here. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 26. My son's been preaching for two weeks in a row, so you know it's been a while. I got to, you know, catch up. That was a joke. Okay, that didn't happen. Genesis 26. Genesis 26. Now, think of Isaac as a child of promise. How many children of promise do I have in here today? Okay. You're born of the Spirit of God. You're a child of promise. So, again, what we're doing is we're endeavoring to know his will. And then we're also going to do what it is that he tells us to do because that's where the blessing is. So, you know, Abraham made a covenant with God. And Isaac was the offspring that came as a, as a result of promise. And so now Isaac is an adult. Now, I want you to just with me, please, look in chapter 26 and verse 1. So there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. So in other words, during, remember when there was a famine in the land, it was really sore bad. And, and uh, Abraham went to Egypt. Huh? And he sojourned there until it was over with, and then he came back. So there was this famine like that. And notice in verse 1 again, And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of Philistines, to Gerar. And the Lord appeared to him. Everybody say, the Lord appeared to him. In other words, you got a word from heaven. Okay? And that's important. You guys, I mean, the Bible says that you know his voice. Huh? And the voice of a stranger you do not follow. You know the voice of God. I mean, if you're born of the Spirit of God, you know his voice. Hallelujah. So he said here, the Lord appeared to him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. So in other words, evidently, Isaac thought, I'm just going to do what my dad did and I'm heading south. And yet the Lord spoke or appeared to him and said, don't do that. Stay where I tell you to go. And then he says in verse 3, sojourn in this land, and I will be with you. I will bless you. Listen. For unto thee and to your seed I will give these countries, perform the oath that I swore to your father Abraham. Let's stop there for a minute. Now, didn't he just say there was a famine? Huh? So in other words, we're we're experiencing a constriction, aren't we? Okay, everything's being, you know, drawn in. And he's thinking, dude, I can't stay here. I'm going somewhere else. And the Lord says, don't go anywhere. He said, I'll bless you where you are. I believe, child of promise, that God will bless you where you are if you'll trust him. Are you listening to me? Now let's go on reading so that we can capture the whole uh, thought here. Notice in verse four, and I will make your seed to multiply as the stars of heaven and give unto your seed all these countries and to thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And so Isaac dwelt in Gerard. Okay, now let's drop down to verse uh, 12. 12. Uh, in verse 12, it says, now listen to this. Then Isaac sowed in that land. It was a land of what? Famine, right? He sowed in that land and received in the same year a an hundredfold and the Lord, everybody say the Lord, the Lord, blessed him. I tell you what, praise God, I believe that God can bless you. Hallelujah, he can fill up your cupboards, he can give you what you need, praise God, he can help you with gas in your tank, if you'll just look to him and trust him, amen, and follow him. And notice 13, and the man waxed great and went forth and grew until he became very great. And now notice what it says here in the next verse. Forgot about that one. For he had possessions of flocks and herds and great store of servants. And the Philistines, what? Envied him. him. They didn't like him. Why? Because they had a cupboard like that one down in the basement I was talking to you about. And they had all kind of everything. Huh? Now, the interesting thing about this, you guys, think about this with me. There, there is a Godward side of this thing where God blessed him. He sowed in famine and he reaped. But, you know, you, you have to come up with There had to be some way in order for him naturally to produce that harvest. And if you go on reading in this, what you'll find is uh, Abraham was blessed because of the work of his hand. The Bible says that he dug a bunch of wells all through there, you know. And he used them to his advantage. In other words, so there was a labor that took place. But then what they did is they took that resource and they used it to take care of their sheep, their flocks, to maybe water and irrigate their lands or whatever the case might be, man. And they grew. They flourished. But you know the weird thing about it? I was thinking about it like right now. You know everything's going on. The Philistines plugged or filled every one of those wells with sand. Now that is dumb with a capital D. Why would they do that? It's like what we got going right now. We have all kinds of resource. We have all kinds of supply. And the Philistines are taking and filling all these resources and these holes up with sand. That's exactly what's going on. The devil is the same everywhere in every generation. But I don't have to tell you that. So what happens? Isaac's out there. He's in, the, he's in the valley of Gerard. And he said, my father, he was probably there when they were digging it. He said, there's, there's a well right here. I know there's water here. Let's dig this thing out. Let's get some water out of the deal. So he did. And sure enough, water came. Well, then the people or the, I don't know what they call them, servants of Gerard, not servants. Uh, the people that were there, they said, that's our well. You know, so rather than contending with him, you know, Isaac just moved on. Instead of fighting, he just moved down, went to another place that they had filled, dug it out, and got water. You know, this guy, is, I mean, you know, wherever he lands, man, he blooms. Well, they come along and said, that's our well. You know? So he said, right, I ain't going to fight about it. Goes to another place, does the same thing. And the Bible says in that place that when they dug the well, it became a spring. And... Whoever, you know, didn't bother him any time anymore. And so they, read it. It's awesome. So what's my point to you in all of this? It's just simply say, man, you can bloom wherever you're planted. Wherever he, let me say, bloom where he plants you. Okay, real quickly, go to 1 Kings 17. And we'll have to close because I'm not going to have time to tell you everything I like to tell you. But you're getting it. Hallelujah. First Kings 17. You okay? Yeah. Okay, six of you. The rest of you went to sleep. No? Okay. Um, verse uh, 1, chapter 17, 1 Kings 17, 1. And Elisha the Tishbite. Tish, <laughs> tish yeah, that guy who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, remember Ahab, he was a knothead, okay? He was a king, but nevertheless. He said, as the, Lord, uh, as the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years according to my word. Hallelujah. And the word of the Lord uh, uh, came to uh, Elijah. Now listen, and he said, get thee hence, Turn thee eastward, hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is uh, before Jordan, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee, what's that next word? Where? Where? There. There. My point that I want to make to you is you need to be where you need to be. You say, well, I don't know where to be. Find out. Well, I'll give you a great example. People need to be in church. Huh? Yeah, right. I said people need to be in church. They ain't no blessing outside of church. Are you listening to me? We need one another. We need the community of one another. We need the encouragement that comes. We need the ministry of the word of God and all of the things that are associated with that. That's what we do. Hallelujah. And yet there are a lot of folk, you know, I mean, you I mean, they have problems. He said, I'll take care of you there. Well, you know, the brook dried up. Now let's go on reading. Notice what it says in verse 5. So he did according to the word of the Lord and went by the brook and so on and so forth. And the ravens came and they brought him bread and flesh in the morning, bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of that brook. God supernaturally took care of this guy. Now notice verse 7. Well, it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. And so the word of the Lord came to him and said, Arise, get thee to Zarephath that belongs to Zidon and dwell. What's that next word? Where? Say it again. There. There. Where's there for you? I don't know, but praise God, you need to get there. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. And notice it goes on then to say, he said, now, this is, this, is, this is wild. For I have commanded a widow woman to sustain thee there. What's a widow woman got? Well, we find out she had a little meal, a little oil and some sticks. She was going to, you know, make a little fire, cook it for her and her son, and then they were going to die. Yikes. That doesn't look like a very bright future, does it? But God said, I have commanded a widow woman to sustain you there. And so supernaturally, God caused them to be provided for during the entire time. I think God can do that for you, child of promise, if you'll trust him. Huh? Yeah. And you got to know, I mean, in that circumstance, things kind of, you know, they drew down and, you know, things looked like, you know, that they, there was real constriction and tightness there. But God provided. Are you, with, are you with me? And so it's important in that context that we do that. The Bible says, fear the Lord, ye he saints, ye he saints, you, his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want. Any good thing. Psalm 34, 10. The Bible says in Proverbs 28, "...he that gives to the poor shall not lack, but he that hides his eyes shall have many a curse. When the wicked rise, men hide themselves, and when they perish, the righteous increase." I like that because, you know, when the wicked rise, they're going to perish. All this nonsense that's going on, dude, I will guarantee you that there is a recompense coming. It's not going to be good. And and the righteous will increase and the blessing of God will rest upon the church. Can you say amen? Now, you don't know this, but I just wanted to inform you that you gave, all of you, gave to the poor this week. Did you know that? You gave to the homeless The church, Fellowship Church, gave uh, Open Door Mission $10,000. Hallelujah. And I tell you what, praise God, we're going to keep giving and we're going to keep doing. And you don't know this, but we gave to another ministry that helps with indigenous people. And you gave them $3,000. Are you listening to me? And all those people with their little mugs out there on that uh, wall out there that are doing mission work all over the world that have laid down their lives and went someplace you'd never go to, we took care of them, too, all during this, this pandemic and everything. We never stopped giving to them. As a matter of fact, and some of them, we ramped it up. I tell you what, my brother, my sister, I'm telling you that God is on your side and for you. And if you'll follow his plan and his purpose, he will make sure that everything that you need will come your way. I guarantee it in Jesus' name. So it's important, church, to rise up and let God be God in your life. Don't start talking about what you don't have, praise God. Start talking about what you do have and how big your God is and what it is that he's gonna do in your life and he will see to it. I said he will see to it that, praise God, your every need is met in Jesus' name, amen? You know, if you've got a, a fuel need, go buy somebody a tank of gas. Go sow some seed. You say, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, anyway, that's free. You like that? Amen. I got to stop. Alter your lifestyle, move up. Praise God, go to another level. The devil hates that. You know, he does. You know, Joan and I, we've been tithers, you know, since, well, even before we were together, we tithed. You know, and then we started giving offerings and things of that nature. And, you know, over the years, we've just, we've kept going up. It used to be, you know, that we'd pay our tithes, but then in every other service that we were in, we'd always give an offering. Maybe it was $10 or it might be 25 or something like that. And, you know, well, that was, you know, we started this 40 years ago. little... <laughs> little time has went by, you know, I'm not, we don't give, you know, in the extra that we give. we don't give $10 anymore. $10, dude, you can't even buy a donut for that now. You know what I'm saying? So we, we moved it up. We went from 25 to 50 and from 50 to a hundred. And you know, the thing about that is, is that God, you know, when you sow, you reap, that's all there is to it. And I can't, I can't, I can't tell you any other way. Have there been times in our lives when, you know, it's been lean? Absolutely. We all go through that. But it doesn't stop us. I just got done paying my income tax. How many of you had a joy doing that? Huh? And I tell you what, dude. Ooh, ow. But you know what? I didn't let that stop me. I said, well, you know, God, I'd like to pay my tithe, but I guess I'm going to have to rob you so that I can go ahead and pay my taxes. Now, that would be dumb. Huh? That'd be the last thing I would do, huh? No, maybe what we have to do is maybe not buy some of the other things that we would like to have. Is this a good place to stop? No. (laughs) I'm just telling you, praise God, keep on sowing. Keep on giving. Don't let the attitude of the world become yours. Are you listening to me? Use wisdom, yes. Don't be foolish, yes. But I tell you what, praise God, stay in the flow of what it is that God is doing. Stay in the church. Stay in the body life of the, of the church and of people of like precious faith. Don't go off and go stupid and, you know, hide someplace. That's not God. I said, that's not God. We need each other. You say, yeah, but I don't like them very much. Well, maybe you need to get over it. Maybe you could pray for them. Oh, that's a novel idea. Huh? Well, I don't have time for that. Yeah, you do. Whatever's important to you, you always make time for it. Are you listening to me? Some of you men, you'll get your boat out and you'll shine that baby up. You know, rub on your God a little bit and get it all. No, I'm not saying that your boat is a God. <laughs> yeah, I might have went too far there. <laughs> ain't no, ain't no different than a motorcycle actually. But anyway, you know, you'll make room in your life for whatever's important to you. And away you go. And I'm not opposed to that. I think it's great. Call me. <laughs> you know, if you got one of them grills on there, you know. Well, anyway. Are you with me? Stay happy, you guys. Come on. You know, whatever it is is it's, it's, you know, uh, negative in your life, get it out. Rem- say, no, we ain't doing this anymore. Don't put up with it. Say, no, I'm going to stay happy. Glory to God. Stay full of joy. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your what? Well, you know, but haven't you heard about this? Yeah. Oh, we've all heard about it. So what? Let's think about something else. Let's talk about something else. Let's dwell on something else. Let's do something else. You know, while everybody's griping and complaining, praise God, take, take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of you and be blessed in the name of Jesus. Are you with me? Don't, don't don't park by somebody and say, all right, let's commiserate about, you know, what this politician did or didn't do and what they're doing. And have you heard this and that and the other? Much to do about nothing. You say, yeah, but, you know, it ain't nothing. Well, you know, thank God it... <laughs> let me say it this way. You know what? We can pray. Well, a lot of good that'll do. Well, not for you. But if you pray believing... It will help you. Okay? I'm getting in some deep weeds here. I just need to shut this thing down. Let's keep on sowing. How many are going to keep on sowing? Huh? Because you'll reap in due season if you don't faint. Are you listening to me? Praise the Lord. All right, let's stand, everybody. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, today, as we um, come to the close of the service today, um, I'm so thankful, Father God, for the heritage uh, that we have of faith in our lives. And God, it's my prayer that as we pray today, Father God, that you'll help us sort through the things that we you know, need to maybe adjust and work through. and. Uh, God, if there's a, a change in our thought patterns, God, I ask you to help those that are here. Grant them to have faith, to be able, Father God, to give as they've been given. Help them, Father, to understand that there's an abundance and no lack. There's no shortage where you're concerned. And I just thank you, Father God, that you'll help all of us to walk in the light of what it is that you promised and enjoy heaven's best. And so I thank you, Father, for your grace. Now, Lord, it hasn't been our subject here today, but Father God, I just I pray for those that are online watching and even those here that are uh, in the house, that Father God, if, if by some reason their lives have been um, challenged in such a way that it's caused them to make a false step or maybe they're just not in fellowship with you, for whatever the reason, Lord, I ask you to speak to their heart, God, and let them know that you're for them, that you're on their side. And that God, through repentance, they can return, they can turn around, they can come back, they can be restored, and grace can be granted unto them. So while every head is bowed, every eye is closed, no one's looking around, if you happen to be here this morning, and um, I don't know whether you are or aren't, that's not, that's not the issue, but you know, if, if you're away from God, I want to give you an opportunity at least to return. And so if you'd say by your uplifted hand, not to embarrass you, but to pray with you, pastor, I have an interest in your prayer because I want to get back where I need to be. Can I see your hand anywhere as I look? Got an issue going on in your life? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Anybody at all? All right. Well, Father, we're so grateful today for the privilege we have to come to your table and to receive, Father God, heavenly manna, the word of God and the promises you've made to each and every one of us. So help us, Father, to walk in the light of your word. And as we move forward in these weeks, months, and even years ahead, Father, that you'll guide us in every step and every way. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. We're going to go ahead and receive our morning offering.